In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Yes, it is. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and you know we are brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, it was a victory Monday yesterday as uh, this podcast lands on a Tuesday morning, so I got to tell you, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, and a lot of good thoughts, positive thoughts towards the Browns moving forward. But um, that's not really the big story of the week. The big story is Deshaun Watson, number four, back on the field, and he is ready to play. He has fulfilled the requirements of a suspension, and now we could see him in Houston. We will see him in Houston as long as he's healthy this week uh, for his first start of the season. So, Daryl, let's just kind of set the scene here. Yeah, as you mentioned, he has met the the terms uh, required for his reinstatement. He was reinstated Monday afternoon, and the Browns promptly activated him to the 53-man roster uh, to make room. They had to waive Joshua Dobbs, but expect Dobbs to come back if he clears waivers and be put on the practice squad. Uh, so so those are the, the technical things that had to be taken care of on Monday afternoon, and now all the focus and attention uh, is towards getting him ready to play against his former team, the Texans, down in Houston and being prepared for that hostile environment, which I think uh, he can expect. And, well, frankly, he's going to probably have to expect is he'll play four of the final six games of the season on the road. Only two home games remain on the schedule. Uh, they're back-to-back in December against the, the Ravens and the Saints. Everything else on the road. So he'll start out with Houston and Cincinnati and then wrap up with trips to Washington and uh, Pittsburgh. So uh, not going to be easy. He hasn't played in nearly 700 days. Keep that in mind. But um, everything since March that has been kind of building to this point, the discipline is now behind him. He has paid his fine. He has uh, 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 met the terms of the counseling that he was uh, required to participate in and serve the 11-game ban. So the Deshaun Watson era officially begins now for the Cleveland Browns. All right, so you said something that I thought was interesting, and I thought Kevin Stefanski had a chance to kind of, not temper enthusiasm, but to put a perspective, excuse me, on what's going on with Deshaun Watson and didn't take advantage of it in his press conference on Monday when he was asked about Deshaun. Well, I'm just saying he was asked about Deshaun and saying that he hadn't played for two years. Right. And I just think as a head coach, he could, I'm not saying temper expectations, but be realistic about it. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little perplexed why he wouldn't do that. I'm, I've sat here for months saying, Hey, look, he hasn't played for two years. I wouldn't expect him to be the guy that threw for almost 5,000 yards in a four win season two years ago. I think most of us understand that, but I don't know that the head coach understands that or doesn't think that the fans care enough to know that he understands that and that might be the right thing because let's face it these press conferences are just a conduit for players and coaches to speak to the fans and I think sometimes that that people get lost in or get clogged up in the works when they're they're mad at the media or they're mad at the report it's not that's not what it's about it's about the way the player answers the question it's about the way the coach answers the question it's about the message they want to deliver and I think Kevin just I think Kevin failed at setting up what might be a realistic expectation because there's already pressure on this guy just based on all the outside stuff that's going on. The team has made a commitment to him, and he was 
very clear about that in the press conference today and that they are behind him 100%. Well, if you're behind him 100%, how about going out there and trying to smooth the runway down or get some of the snow off of the runway before you got to land the plane? And he easily could have just said that and said, you know what, we are really looking forward to Deshaun starting this week. Um, Obviously, his talents are very good, and that's why he's here. But we also recognize the fact that he hasn't played in the last two years. And so there may be some bumps in the road. But I do think it's an exciting time in Brown's football history to watch him go out and play. How hard would it have been for him to do that, Daryl? You should be his PR guy. (laughs) I mean, I don't understand. What would the backlash be on Kevin Stefanski if he just said something as simple as that? Well, here's the thing. He he gets to open the Christmas present finally. That's why. He's excited because he finally gets to open the Christmas present, and I bet he'll get to do now with this offense what he was planning to do with this offense all offseason now that Deshaun is eligible to play. But you're 100% right. I mean, I am – I kind of feel like Deshaun needs to be kept in bubble wrap uh, here over these six games. Uh, I I am worried about soft tissue injuries or injuries as a result of him playing – or not playing, I should say – uh, since the end of the 2020 season. Um, I'm living in the fears a little bit there, I admit it. But, yeah, I mean, they gave him $230 million guaranteed dollars. So, yeah, I, you're, you betcha I'm going to live in my fears a little bit for uh, w- w- with a guy who hasn't played. And, look, I have tried to – I've tried to be the guy to temper everybody's expectations. Sure. Because, like, next year I expect him to play like an NFL MVP candidate. But for the remainder of this season, I just you got want- 230 million reasons to be- believe that, don't you? Well, yeah, but th- for this stretch, it'd be easy for me to say, hey, time to go out there and earn the paycheck, right? Let- right. Let- let's see why they gave you the 230 million. But I also want to be fair to Deshaun in-, in setting that bar and that level of expectation, similar to what I did with Jacoby. I had very little expectation that Jacoby Brissett was going to do as well as he did filling in for Deshaun. He exceeded my expectations. Um, it, on the, and I'm talking about on the field, off the field. I knew, you know, he, he was going to be just fine from a leadership standpoint and things like, and, and the intangibles and, and, and stuff. But uh, with with Watson, like, yeah, I I don't expect that right away he's going to be doing some of the things that we saw him do so well in Houston. Because I'm terrified that he's going to try and do something like that and blow out his knee or blow out his ankle or whatever. Because he hasn't done it live right. in so long. And it and I'm telling you, practice is so much different than games, okay? There's no contact. You're not getting the full speed that you see in games either. Quarterbacks are off limits, I just it's it's different. I know he's practiced for a couple of weeks. I know he practiced in training camp. I, I get all that. It's different in games. And when he hasn't played in the game since January of 2021, that first weekend in January 2021, that is a long time, Andy. So, you know, it, it's not that I'm being critical of Deshaun or I am saying that he's not a good player. Quite the contrary. I'm just saying – think he needs to be eased back into things here right and um so that that's why i am tempering my own expectations but from kevin stefanski's standpoint man he has ripped open the wrapping paper taken a look at his new gift and he can't wait to play with it right 
And I, I didn't get that feeling though from his press and, conference. Did and, you? And, did you feel that way at his press conference today? I thought he went robot again. Well, he is a robot. He always goes robot. Of course, you're gonna like. I mean, that's just who he is. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think deep down, he's really excited that Deshaun Watson's gonna be his quarterback, and he's gonna be able to really have some fun with his offense. You know, um, some of those runs that we we saw Jacoby Brissett have against Tampa Bay on Sunday. Imagine if that's Deshaun Watson running the football on those broken plays, right? right. And what he's going to be able to do with stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that's why, uh, you know, you don't have Stefanski out there trying to downplay expectation. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's the shot in the arm the team needs. Maybe all of a sudden now the defense is going to pay attention to what they're doing and, and play the way they did against Tampa Bay or or the Bengals or the Ravens, right? We've gotten three really good defensive performances this season. And, you know, maybe they turn over this new leaf down the stretch. And then we'll all say, why didn't you play like that for the first half of the season, right? Then you're not in this uh, situation where you, you're four and seven and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, I think now um, it's it, – Time to see what this guy can do, what he's capable of doing, and uh, you know how he's going to evolve and grow within Stefanski's offense. And I mean, uh, Martin Emerson Jr., the the rookie corner, said on Monday that he really feels like the offense is going to be a lot more explosive than it's been. And he 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 uh, recalled the play in practice that he was the defender and a football that Watson had thrown. And he's like, there's no way I can defend that. I can't defend that throw. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So um, without, you know, committing a foul or, or whatnot. And so, he, you know, <laughs> really, really excited. Donovan Peoples-Jones said Monday, he looks really good in practice. You know, really excited to get out there with him and, and that. So um, it's here, right? I mean, all all the uh, off-the-field stuff now is pretty much, for for the most part, unless, you know, some new stuff does pop up. but. For the most part, that's all in the rearview mirror now, and it's it's full steam ahead with the football. All right, what does he mean for the offense? We're going to talk about that. Plus, there's some other things going on that we want to get to too. So, all of these things straight ahead on it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. Brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Um, what is the offense going to look like with Deshaun Watson now? And who is the biggest beneficiary uh, beneficiary is probably the right word to Deshaun Watson coming onto the offense. And by the way, Daryl, I mean, this offense was the number four offense in the NFL with Jacoby Brissett. Are they going to exceed into the top three because of Deshaun Watson coming in? I have a feeling that if things don't look perfect against Houston, which is a team where they might be able to, have more uh, more success against than some other teams. Um, but if they don't look perfect, people are going to be like, well, wait a minute. Uh, didn't Jacoby Brissett just help us win this? Which is ir- irrational when you look at the big picture of what's going on. But my point is, I'm sure we're going to get the, why isn't Jacoby playing on Sunday if Deshaun looks rusty? And by the way, if he looks rusty, I, you shouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I expect that he's going to look rusty, but thank God they're playing the Texans because the Texans absolutely suck. <laughs> they are one and 31 Browns bad. Okay. That, that's where the Houston Texans are right now. So this is like the perfect game aside from the fact that 
Deshaun used to play for Houston. That's the bad part. Right. But it, but I'm uh, just strictly between the white lines. The Texans are like the perfect team to play. Uh, they're especially terrible in the first half. The Browns are really good, starting strong, right? So they should be able to hopefully jump out in front early and then just step on their neck and break it. That's what that's what I'm expecting on Sunday from uh, the Browns offensively. And yeah, I, I I'm also expecting Deshaun's gonna have some mistakes, some bad reads, whatever. Uh, but he's not going to get burned by it because, again, he's playing the Texans, who stink and are going to have the number one pick in the draft. And uh, I don't want to say that they're tanking, but they're tanking uh, in Houston to get that number one pick. And depending uh, how the Browns finish, they could potentially have two top ten picks uh, in this upcoming draft. So, um, you know, this is all part similar to what the Browns did between 2016, 2017, 2018, where the Browns were in draft asset acquisition mode, the the product on the field, the you know the pain and suffering fans had to endure was the price to pay to get a couple of number one overall picks. One of those has paid massive dividends for the franchise in Miles Garrett. Uh, the other one is uh, one of two sins committed by the general manager. Uh, that was in charge of one of those drafts in uh, uh, John Dorsey, who took Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen. And had he taken Josh Allen, there's no guarantee that Josh Allen would have been successful here because just of the the environment here and, uh, you know, the way things had run for the Browns and how many quarterbacks, uh, young quarterbacks, they had ruined all uh, over those years too. So uh, it, it's easy to, to look back in hindsight and say, yeah, they should have taken Josh Allen over Baker Mayfield because Allen's an MVP candidate and Mayfield's riding pine uh, in Carolina with the Panthers. But, um, you know, Watson now washes all that clean, right? And uh, he now is the, 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 the franchise quarterback that's going to elevate and make everybody better. Um, as far as who benefits or the chief beneficiary, I don't think that there's one single player, uh, to be honest with you, Andy, uh, because the offense ran pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brissett did a really good job. There, there, wasn't ma- there weren't many problems with ball placement and things like that. But the difference is going to be in the elite level of play, in my view. You know, the 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 pinpoint accuracy, which let's be honest about, Jacoby Brissett does not have. He, he can throw it, but I, I think with maybe Deshaun Watson, uh, I'll go back to the Bills game, okay? Those two touchdowns, uh, those could have been touchdowns, right? Uh, one to Farrell Brown, one to Harrison Bryant. Uh, both, I guess you could say, technically dropped. One of the right. throws was a hair high. And I am being very, very critical when I say a hair high. Like, I, I, literally, I am nitpicking there. The throw was fine from Jacoby, but maybe with Deshaun Watson, that throw really pinpoint accuracy, and you don't have to make a spectacular catch, if you will, even though the ball that he threw was completely catchable. Um, I think that's probably going to be the difference. And, and I had mentioned about, the rollouts and tucking and running and being able to maybe have some of those plays be more explosive than they were with Jacoby who God love him, When he runs, it looks like he's in slow motion, right? <laughs> some of those runs he had Sunday against the Buccaneers. It was like, I was watching it in slow motion with Jacoby. I mean, 
he had linebackers and safeties chasing him down in the blink of an eye because they're like, oh, Jacoby's about to run for like 25 yards. And it's the Johnny Manziel thing. Uh, when I, when I uh, would watch Johnny, right, versus college, mm-hmm. Johnny was outrunning people. But then in the NFL, Johnny wasn't outrunning anybody. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he looked slow as molasses. So I think that's going to be really the major difference. I don't think plays are going to look schematically all that much different because I, I kind of really felt like Kevin Stefanski was calling Brown's offense regardless of the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I see this as a win all the way around for everybody on the offense. Like the only my concern is just the offensive line getting used to him. And maybe perhaps we'd see a couple more holding calls or maybe because they're not sure of what's going on behind them. But otherwise, I, I just I, like if I'm Nick Chubb, I'm excited that Deshaun Watson's on the field because now defenses can't just sit there and go, well, it Chubb's back there. He's going to run the ball because it doesn't necessarily have to go that way when you have a quarterback that can run and can crush you by running. Right. So I think that's going to be it's going to be huge for him. It's going to be huge for Kareem. I also think for the wide receivers, it's going to give them the opportunity to, um, you know, you you talked about the accuracy, how that changes. I, I You know, it'll give them, if they can find some freedom in the getting into the defensive secondary, there's an opportunity he may be able to find them. But I'm also guarding against the fact, just like I would guard against the fact that the offensive line may pick up a few more holding calls here. Hey, don't be surprised <laughs> if there's a couple more interceptions that we'll see yeah. too because they might take some more chances and and do that and maybe that's what this next six games is all about taking chances getting him back into rhythm and trying to execute what you can I think it's it's a bizarre situation that we've never seen before where we've had the you know arguably the guy who's supposed to be the star of the team suspended for 11 games and setting back the you know setting back an entire season and I just keep I'm haunted by the fact uh, at the end of the Bills game that um, Miles was sitting at the end of the bench by himself. And I kept wondering and thinking, what a wasted season, what a lost season in his career, all of those things. And then you get into the point where you win on Sunday, and now all of a sudden, and I've done it. I mean, I've looked at 538.com where you can go through scenarios of who wins, who loses, who ties, things like that. And if the Browns can pick up two wins, now you pick up some momentum to maybe having a future this year. and But again, it, those two wins would include winning this week and against Cincinnati. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I, I'm, I think I'm most optimistic about the thought of Deshaun Watson playing against the three AFC North teams, because that's again, going to be a prelude to what we'll see down the road. And, you know, he's not, he, he'll know what he's going to face against these teams twice a year by getting a taste of it this year with, three of those games here in, in the last six. And I do think it's interesting. There's only two home games. And I really think it's interesting. The NFL buried this week's game at one o'clock. Cause I don't think they want a whole lot of publicity on it. Yeah. I, um, I, I would, they're going to get it. Yeah. They, they went two and one with Jacoby Brissett against the AFC North. That's a positive. True. And this is, this season is wasted. Not because of this, as it turns out, not because of the suspension or the Jacoby Brissett was starting. This season is wasted because the defense sucked and the special team sucked. That that that's why this season feels like a waste. And I'm not doing whatever it is you wasted your time doing until they like win three or four in a row. And what get do you mean wasted my time? Yeah, exactly. Pumping the brakes? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. no. You know, you're, you're going through all these scenarios. But it's not that crazy of a scenario. I'm looking it's at two games. Scenario. They got eight. It's not in front of them. 
They beat Cincinnati with Jacoby Brissett. If they and again, I'm not. I'm talking about pumping the brakes. I want to see what he looks like this week. Before I'm not talking about anything after Week 17, but things don't look as doom and gloom as they did before Sunday's game. Do I have to break? It felt up like everything was over again. <laughs> hmm? Say do that again. Break, do I have to break out the history of the winning streaks again? Just no, I get it. I know we talked about this that, but I do think I'm capable of winning streaks. Daryl, there's nothing worse than watching a team that you know their season's over. It's I the know. worst. Really and we've is. done this too many times. But you know what? Yesterday, you know, Sunday's game was fun. Is we, we, we record this on a Monday afternoon. Sunday's game was fun. I, right. I, yeah, Brown season's dead. It's over, whatever. But, I mean, David Njoku made a spectacular catch. They What was – once an insurmountable lead for the Browns, they were able to tie and win and beat Tom Brady in overtime. Like that was a fun game. And I think that that's kind of what fans, you know, fans have learned how to watch Browns football when the season is shot. Right. And, and right. so you can enjoy individual games or individual moments and stuff like that. And look, I mean, the expectation, maybe not this year, but next year is that Deshaun Watson's going to change all of this stuff. The right, well, let's talk more about that in a second, Daryl. Hang on, because I want to get into that here in a minute. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, well, let's continue on with our conversation about Deshaun Watson, Daryl. Um, and we were talking about pumping the brakes a little bit because I think fans are uh, more optimistic on the 28th than they were on the 27th after the Browns beat Tom Brady. And by the way, was it the skunk or was it the – was it the uh, truck that drove on the field that made the biggest difference in that game on Sunday? I'm going to say the skunk, just because I guess rodents are a good thing. Anytime a rodent is spotted, is a skunk a rodent? Uh, I don't. Are they in the squirrel family? I, th- I would think so. I would think so too. Squirrel, cat family? I don't know. Skunks in like, the cat looks family. Like a, looks like a black and white squirrel. <laughs> right yeah i mean kind of a squirrel cat thing going on there Squirrely I, creature. I can't but, you know uh, what i was by the way just the other thing that was really exciting about the game the other day and, and like a lot of things are unexpected like that game i think was unexpected the way they won the game was unexpected um the stat you gave yesterday about being down more than seven going into the fourth quarter and what they were able to do that was unexpected i do think probably one of the biggest things that was unexpected was like as of four o'clock um, on Monday, we had not seen one T-shirt out about the Browns and the Skunk. I'm I'm disappointed in our city because God knows if there's an event, there's a T-shirt out about it within 24 hours. And I got to be honest, I haven't seen one yet, but I'm sure you'll probably tell me that there's already a Skunk T-shirt out for the Browns. I'm looking right now. Hang on. And. Well, I, well, give me a second. I'm just verifying whether or not your information is accurate or not. Hang on here. All right. They didn't I have not that. seen anything. And, I'm going uh, through all. I'm going through all 300 local T-shirt artist merchants in the. How city. about just Google Browns Skunk? And by the way, would Pepe Le Pew play right now? I don't think so. Yeah, there. Uh, that's when the lawyers get involved. The yeah. lawyers ruin everything. They ruin all the fun. It was just Pepe's approach to life, which probably wouldn't be too PC these days. Then again, we are talking about a cartoon. Okay. Um, As of this podcast, there is no Browns rally scum. Wow. So disappointed. So and our major. No, I'm not disappointed. I'm just I'm I'm shocked. Aren't you shocked? I told you. 
I, 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 I am shocked. Uh, there's some really good Browns related t-shirts on the market right now. I won't, uh, <clears throat> Deshaun related. No, I, um, if, uh, the, any of the fine local t-shirt merchants in town would like to sponsor, it's always game day in Cleveland. Then I would be more than happy to show for their shirts. But I would just say that, uh, there's a lot of creativity out there in the, uh, in the Browns. How are there no game day in Cleveland t-shirts out there yet? Like, I can't believe nobody has hopped on board to that yet. A uh, little partnership with the group with yeah. the odyssey group i do any of the other game days in blank that stole our name have t-shirts i don't think so that is so weak i, th- we I, th- have I, t-shirts? I think we need to be the first i think that needs to happen all right any t-shirt provider out there um hey we're easy <laughs> wouldn't it be great to give away t-shirts to folks that maybe sent into the mailbox yeah that would be kind of cool right yeah, I'm all in. I'm doing trade on here, but even though I'm probably not allowed to do any of that stuff, so I'll keep my mouth shut. This is going to be an office. I'm going to get called into Poobah's office, and I'll get called in everybody else's office. So Lawyers want to have want to have a word with you. <laughs> the legal team. Because <laughs> we're shocked that in T-Shirt City, that's what it should say. It shouldn't say, remember how a long time it said Cleveland, All-American City, Cleveland, well, no. home well, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cleveland. It's Florida City. It's now the T-Shirt City, right? The T-Shirt City. You're, you're not, you're not a Clevelander unless you're wearing Cleveland T-Shirt shirts and shirts right um <sighs> i have no idea how we got on this now oh we were looking up skunk t-shirts to see if yeah out there. uh so no um and uh can, skunk uh, is getting a lot of credit for the for the win yeah well i mean a couple years ago they found a possum in the uh in the stands and guess what happened that season right t-shirt not well, T- i don't have t-shirts but uh, like just yeah, they, they, remember the rally just, squirrel for the then Indians? That rally squirrel was something special. I mean, maybe this is the the turning point for the Browns. Maybe they will do something historic down the stretch to feed into your delusion <laughs> of the of the stink or the fact that I'm going through games trying to figure out how they can. Exactly, get you're going to was it five thirty eight and going through? Yeah, all it's really. I mean, it's so simple. You just check off win, loss, tie, or no game. I mean, I've I've been able to. Uh, you get three wins for the Browns in a row. You get, or well, it would be four wins in a row for the Browns, and then if they, Cincinnati can drop the next three games, then boom, you're really. In if it. they win the next three games to get themselves to seven and seven, yeah, then I will. Then you'll talk. Then then we can have the conversation. Then you will wear the first ever. It's always game day in Cleveland skunk T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Which will be Meredith it's is going to draw it, hand draw it on a T-shirt. That says Daryl stinks. That, there you go. <laughs> Daryl stinks. <laughs> yeah, they win the next three, get to seven seven, and we can have a serious conversation about playing beyond January 9th. But until then, right, let me ask you the next question. Can the defense play as well this week? I hope they can, as they did last week. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm I mean, they gave them opportunity. Why was the defense better against Tampa Bay? They're 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 going to play against one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So I'm oh. expecting that this defense is going to look like they did against the Bengals and uh, the Buccaneers. Well, I, I look. I think part of the reason they played so well against Tampa Bay is uh, they did stop the run. Only gave up 96 yards on the ground. Uh, tremendous improvement there. MJ Emerson, um, my goodness, he is just. Whew. He pitched a shutout. Going against Mike Evans, seven targets, no catches. That's that's pretty damn impressive. Um, uh, so, 
Yeah, I and, and then also too, I, I think just really terrible game slash clock management on on behalf of the Buccaneers also helped the Browns a little bit. So uh, thank you, Todd Bowles. Um, but yeah, I I expect against the Houston Texans, uh, the Browns are going to look like they got Pro Bowlers everywhere on defense. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, and it, and you do realize that the whole, um, you know, pump the brake scenario is you're going to need more brake fluid. If after they, I mean, if they beat Houston, I'll just say if I'm not going down that other road, you are going to need more brake fluid because the 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 energy is going to pick up. I will and, say. This, by the way, they, they it'd be the great two, if that happens. I want that to happen. If they win the next two, the the atmosphere at First Energy Stadium for Deshaun's first home game against Baltimore is going to be bananas. If if they are six and seven with the Ravens coming to town, right? Right. That atmosphere is just going to be nuts. It's going to be bananas. Like I, I. Is that one of the flex games or no? Is that a Saturday uh, flex game? I, I can't remember. Hang on. Uh, let me pull my schedule. Yeah, I, yeah, that is the flex game. It's either going to be on the 17th or 18th of December and the kickoff time to be determined because they play the Saints on Christmas Eve at one. So, yeah, that that's that flex weekend and christmas eve is a saturday night right uh yeah christmas is on a sunday because monday is a holiday is christmas on is the work holiday i i'm just trying to get through the week i have no idea when the holidays are i'm just trying i okay kevin just trying to get to houston i'm just our gratification comes one week at a time i'm just i'm just trying to get to wednesday in the three rings. our guys in the date room the guys that tell us what day it is that room uh, you know, they're just feeling the grass under their feet and they we'll, are just we'll trying just, to execute what this team we'll needs just, to do. We'll just show up when the when and where the NFL tells us to. That's all we do. I'm not going to, there's, there's all no we motion. Show to up when the league tells us to show up. So, but yeah, I, if they win the next two games, oh man, that atmosphere going into that flex weekend is going to be bananas at First Energy Stadium. All right. So let me throw this at you. When did, how bad? Uh, so Monday was a Zoom call. For Kevin Stefanski. So when does the TMZ circus come rolling in town? Or is most of it Wednesday. here out in Berea? It's already here? Wednesday. They'll be here Wednesday. Wednesday. And you're expecting what? What what's the atmosphere going to be like? Oh, and all the all the national networks will be in town. Um I wouldn't be shocked if some people from Houston didn't come to town. Sure. Um, you know, um, and hopefully they do that availability in the media room and not the locker room. Cause I don't, I don't think the locker well, room. Can why would they do that in the locker? Well, because that's where the quarterback talks is the locker room. Gotcha. That's but you, just, you, I mean, for this first time, don't you think that they would, well, like I said, I mean, I, who knows? He may have to talk in there for the rest of the year. If they keep well, winning. No, no, because I think that once this initial thing gets through, right. Right. I mean, as of right now, the only reason the Cleveland Browns are relevant on a national scale is because Deshaun Watson's returning from this suspension. Okay. Sure. That's the only reason they're relevant. And that's not me taking a cheap shot at the Browns. I mean, that's just the reality. The only reason no. the national media is coming to town this week is to, to cover Deshaun Watson's uh, return from his suspension. So once that all goes away, right. And we just get into the regular pattern of, you know, game weeks and stuff like that. The only reason why those folks would come back is if the Browns become relevant 
in the, you know, competitive nature of the NFL. All right. Um, I think this week it'll be bananas. And then uh, there'll be a little bit of a calm. And if Watson sets the world afire and the Browns get win a bunch of games in a row and get themselves into contention, then the media circus kicks up again because the Browns will be back on that national radar. But until then, it's just going to be this week and all uh, all the storylines regarding his return. And then the Browns go back to irrelevancy for a bit until they uh, have themselves uh, in position to compete for a playoff spot. Then it ramps back up again. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer, Meredith Kane. Outstanding job. Uh, we will be back with you on Thursday morning after the circus hits down on Wednesday. So looking forward to talking to you then, and uh, we'll keep you up to speed on all the things that are going on behind the scenes. That's what Daryl and I love to do. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to be a part of the show, you know you can always hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE on both Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.